0: Welcome to Bringing It Home. This is Mark Freyman. So last week we had a guest speaker at our chapel. His name was Bill Myers and he is a Christian author and he came in and he spoke to the kids at chapel and he also did some writing workshops with our kids. And a little bit about Bill is he's an author, a screenwriter, and a director uh, in Hollywood and he has won 60 national and international awards, including the CS Lewis honor award. His DVDs and books have sold over 8 million copies. Um, he has a series, a DVD and book series called McGee and Me, that sold over 4.5 million copies, and he's won 40 gold and platinum awards. So he's a very accomplished, decorated uh, author and director. Uh, they've also he's been a voiceover actor on Focus on the Family's Adventures in Odyssey, which is a great radio, radio program, by the way, if you haven't checked it out. He's also the managing partner of Ameris Media International, and that's a motion picture media company. Um, There's a motion picture called The Wager uh, that starred Randy Travis, and it was based on Bill Meyer's novel by the same name that was released in 2009. The reason I'm talking about Bill is he shared his story at her chapel, and his story of his faith was both enlightening and honest. And he even, in talking about his faith, you know, admitted to the kids. He was very open and honest that uh, when he was in high school and he was close to their age, he can remember that he became bored with God. And I thought, wow, what a real revelation to be making as you're speaking to a chapel service. Um, But I'm not going to spoil the whole story. You can go, uh, there's a website called uh, Billmyers.com, and I'll include the link in the podcast, in the comments, you can click on there if you want to check it out to learn more about Bill. He's a fascinating guy. He'd be a great guy to, to glean some wisdom off of. So after I heard him speak, I rushed up to him and uh, asked him if he would sit down for a couple minutes to share with us on this podcast any parenting advice that he would have from the perspective of being an author, a screenwriter, and a director and working in the motion pictures and working in media. He didn't hesitate for a moment. He said, sure, you know, let me grab lunch first. So he was eating his lunch right before we went in. Um, and uh, he wanted to talk a little about something he was passionate about, which is the influence that the media has on both our children and our culture at large. So here's the conversation that we had, and I hope that you find it a blessing as much as I did. With me today is Bill Myers, accomplished author, Christian author, and Bill wanted to share a little bit, was gracious enough to be willing to share with us some parenting wisdom from his perspective. So Bill?
1: My turn, huh? Yeah, thank you for joining us. Oh, my privilege, and thank you for letting me get this off my chest. <laughs> um, I think, particularly as Christian parents, we are so uh, unenlightened about the power of the media, or we've just sort of grown numb to it. And for me, it's a passion. We have a, a film company. I've written uh, a bazillion children's books uh, because I've seen the power of the media. I've seen the way it influences. And it's not, just, it's not just me happening to see things. There's plenty of research that shows that your child does not go away unaffected by anything they read or watch or listen to. Uh, there's a study by J.L. Singer years ago now that said the outlook on any morality can be changed through enough TV viewing. Uh I don't care if you know right from wrong, particularly as a child, but this is for adults as well, if I tell you wrong is right enough times in story, even insinuating, I'm not talking about keeping track of uh, cuss words or or things like that, but just the whole atmosphere of, of wrong is right, I can change the way you think about it, and we we see that in our culture. A J. L. Singer said, "Yeah, I, the outlook of any morality can be changed through TV viewing." There is more. There are more studies that connect violence in the media to children's violence in our society than there is that connects cigarette smoking to cancer. Really, and we just we just keep. I know it's. I you know. I, I'm a parent. I get how busy it is to be a parent. You know, there are positive resources out there that we should be directing our children to. And we must not think that because it doesn't affect us, we're fooling ourselves, by the way, mm-hmm. that it doesn't affect us, that it, it shouldn't affect the children. When the children see a murder, when they see violence, particularly at younger ages, they can't separate make-believe from real. You and I were talking about your child that saw a Star Wars episode where an arm was cut off. And you and I would sit back and go, well, that's cartoon violence. Your son, you said, was noticeably ill at it. Correct. And your son sees it through the right lens. You and I have been sort of distorted. Amen, amen. Yeah. So um,
0: do you think that it affects, like one of the big deals now is the kids and video games. I imagine it's the same thing with, with all the violence that are in video games as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Plus, plus attention span. Um, one of the reasons... Uh, my company's more focused on books and children's films as opposed to video games, is uh, just to increase the intelligence, to increase the longevity of concentration. It seems like every year we get shorter and shorter attention span. And if you can get a good book, and I know there's there's books that are boring, and we've all had to read them. (laughs) Uh, But if you can find that right child's book or that right child's film that Holds the attention, but also uh, conveys some sort of morality. Then you're. Then I think we're really functioning as parents should be functioning.
0: Yeah, I always think um, that God could have given us any medium to communicate with, for Him to communicate with us, and He gave us the written word. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and and
1: programmed us for that. So it must That's, be very effective. Well, and 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 the principal at the school here at, at Trinity brought up a good point about. Um, teaching reading so that the children can understand and appreciate reading the Word of God uh, it, it's, a, it's a good step um, and I know there are graphic novels about the Bible and more power to those people but learning to read and enjoy reading uh, are, are I think huge um, foundations that we're sort of letting slip away
0: I, I, I agree so what what advice do you have for parents so so you see a connection there there's research that says there's a connection between, Violence or even behaviors we don't care for and what the kids watch yeah. and what they do. So what do we do as parents?
1: Yeah, we um, have to be diligent. And I know it's a terrible thing to say with our schedules the way they are. But we have to watch what our kids watch. We have to pre-read or at least find authors uh, that we trust uh, and, and can turn it over to them. Um, and that doesn't mean every every TV show or movie or every book necessarily has a strong moral principle. But gracious me, even if it even if it's neutral, we should settle for that. So find out who the authors are that you trust. Um, actually, we uh, on my website, I'm more than happy to to uh, direct uh, parents to not just my work but other work of of authors that are like-minded, because there's a lot of us out there, but finding us is a little difficult. Uh, and the same thing uh, with TV and motion pictures. If you can sit through it with your child, and even if there's error uh, in it, you can play a game called Name That Lie. Yeah, so then you teach them to um, discern. To discern. Uh, and it's, uh, Francis Schaefer used to play that game with his children. They'd watch something of some questionable value, and then they'd say, okay, where does it conflict with what God says?
0: Wow, that's that's very interesting. And the thing I would add, I hadn't thought about this, but I have a daughter who's graduating from college, and she was telling me the incoming freshmen into college, so they would be, what, 17-, 18-year-olds, mm-hmm. um, that they don't even watch TV for the most part anymore. They watch YouTube videos or short clips of videos. So I would extend, even beyond authors, is, is content providers. The, whoever they are watching, however silly it might seem, online in these short little videos there's messages in those yes there are right and that's the learn that they're learning there as well as as silly as we think they are like that makes no sense to them it does and that is a big amount they spend a significant amount of time doing that
1: nowadays yes it, it costs so much to produce that nothing is in there by accident nothing is in there by accident
0: so so what resources um you mentioned your website which we will uh Post on our website. We'll also have it in the comments of this podcast if you want to look through there. Uh, So we'll have it for you so you can click on it if you're uh, listening right now. But uh, what other resources would you
1: recommend parents look at? Oh, um, there's a Parents in Television Council. uh, that uh, Not necessarily Christian, but good people that are seriously concerned about uh, the things that are being shown, particularly on cable. And they, they, they are a watchdog so if you don't have time to be a watchdog do the research and find out people like this people like us uh, this parents and council on TV I think is what it's called or close to it you'll find it on, on the internet Uh just really really good and they point out things again not necessarily uh, biblical but just a deterioration that's happening to our culture so and, and then um, you know, go to your Go to your church library and look at the books up there or talk to a, uh, a librarian of, of like mind and see what the, what they are suggesting. Because the stuff is out there. But there's just so much to wade through to find it.
0: I think another thing I know <clears throat> from my experience, I remember the first time we started listening to Christian music in the
1: in the car and we had a
0: few CDs and, truth be told, it was my wife who went out and purchased them. Yeah. We were listening, and at first it... it Felt awkward to be perfectly honest. It's like we're used to listening to the radio or this other music, and it was awkward. We'd put them in in small doses, but after a while, it became a habit. Um, and so sometimes I think we we give our kids a resource or we point them a resource, and they roll their eyes or they do something. We go, oh, well, that's not going to work. Well, no, it's not going to work immediately, but over time, if you're talking to them and talking about the message and right, and and you're explaining to them why it is you're doing what you're doing. That we're listening to this music because. Of this message, and yeah. did you hear when they t- spoke about God's love or redemption or grace? Did you hear that in this song?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Right? I, I think sometimes we you use the word diligence.
1: Um, yeah, I think we have to be diligent as parents. And it doesn't have to be exhausting, but it, it does. Have, I think we all have to step up a little bit more to
0: it. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. I know you have a full day here, so appreciate you joining us on bringing it home. Um, again, uh, we will publish links to your website, and share that with with our audience. So thank you very much. Appreciate your time.
1: Thanks, Mark.